Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Need to know what it takes for a home to fit your budget and your family? Rocket can. So glad to have you. So much happening today. It's been an awesome show. It's going to continue to be awesome. Um, I just can't believe what I'm reading here, Perloff, which is, according to Sean McVay, head coach of the Rams, it's leaning like not only is Baker Mayfield, he said he's leaning towards him being active, and the fact is, it looks like he might play on Thursday. This would be unprecedented. According to McVay uh, via the Associated Press, McVay said, quote, he's really sharp, smart, cerebral player that has a great competitiveness to him that you just can't help but like. And I just, I know Bryce Perkins has not been great. I know Wolford uh, is questionable uh, with an injury, but... Really, Baker Mayfield? How, you're going to run five plays with him? How many? How much of the playbook could he possibly know? <laughs> well, this is like your offensive line take. Is it really rocket science? Play <laughs> quarterback in the NFL? I'm, I'm backing away <laughs> from that. I'm not hand the ball it. off. You know, okay, so if you look at the lineage where Baker Mayfield has played, he played in Cleveland with Kevin Stefanski, who's a Shanahan guy, and McVay's a Shanahan guy. There's got to be. I mean, it's probably the same offense of some some large degree. I mean, I think you're taking a leap there. I I, I don't know. I mean, he's barely going to have any time to get settled yeah. in with the players and the coaches. And here's the other thing why I'd be surprised that they would do this. First of all, Rams season isn't going anywhere. I know they don't have their first-round pick, but this has been a dreadful season. There is so much, I think, riding on this for Baker Mayfield. Now, you could look at it two ways. Okay, he's a gamer. He's going to step in. He's so competitive that even if he doesn't know the playbook, he's still going to get in there. Okay, that's one way. The other way that you can look at it is you've got, what do we have, four weeks now left in the season? Yeah, week 14. We've got four four weeks to go. This is it. Like, you're staring down the barrel of your career if Sean McVay can get Baker Mayfield to look like a competent quarterback, it's possible that he's in the mix for a starting job next year. If he looks terrible in these next few weeks, this is it. It's likely over for Baker Mayfield. Because no, he'll be a backup. Just I mean, everybody gets a backup job as long as they want one. You think that Baker Mayfield still thinks of, wants to be a backup? I yes. mean. You, but you think that's what he's thinking right now? No, no, no. Absolutely but he, not. He'd be 100% fine. Say this doesn't work out. It's, you know, it's a tough spot. He'll definitely go in as a backup next year. And he wouldn't even think twice about it. No, I'm saying like yeah. he could he could stay employed. You're right about yeah. that. Did I say four or five weeks? I'm sorry. What's wrong with me? Five weeks. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying that 
he is the former number one overall pick. He is that kind of a guy that I'm sure he still believes that he's the starting caliber. And he might be looking at these next, you know, up until the last game of the season, this is his audition for everybody. It went terribly in Carolina, but now him with McVay, it just feels like there's a lot riding on this. I don't know if I would jump into a game where I barely know a playbook. What if he throws four picks? Well, think about it this way. If you were Sean McVay, and you had Bryce Perkins, and you had Baker Mayfield sitting there, wouldn't you be tempted to throw Baker Mayfield into the game? Yeah, <laughs> of course if, you if would. Baker had been there for a week. I mean, he's there yeah. for 48 hours, you, he's, It's going to be tempting. You know, listen, Brock Purdy came in and only played wash-up minutes at the end of games and all of a sudden looked like a, a veteran. Yeah, but so, he's had the playbook since August. Playbook. I, I just think that it's enough of a similar system that you can do some things here. I think it's asking a lot. Now, the one thing about this is McVay has always been sort of the kingmaker when it comes to coaches, right? Like for a while, if you just had a cup of coffee with Sean McVay, you were getting an interview. And guys who have gone on to other places have seen some success. So Kevin O'Connell obviously is doing a good job in Minnesota, who's part of his tree. Staley, well, jury's kind of still out on him a bit. But we know it's kind of all off the Shanahan tree, but then like McVay sort of had his own branch could McVeigh do for Baker Mayfield what he's done for coaches, yeah. which is basically resurrect careers, create careers, and you know, give him the second shot, absolutely, third shot, I guess. Absolutely. I mean, the the trajectory of number one picks is a weird one because look at Jameis. Jameis basically lost his job in Tampa Bay. They got rid of him. Yep. Now he's in New Orleans. Got the job back, but he's still hanging around. Baker's going to be able to hang around eventually. Yeah, but Jameis doesn't have the job. And right, but by week 18, every he's going to get a shot somewhere. There's going to be half the league is going to be backup quarterbacks. And when you look at next year, there's going to be 15 new quarterbacks in new positions next year. By the way, Andy, Andy looked like his career was over, and he's still starting somewhere. And he's probably going to get a starting job next year. It's the way the NFL is right now. There just aren't that many good quarterbacks. So I agree with what you said. I think Baker can get resurrected here and find another job next year. Because if you actually look at it, if you look, put down a piece of paper about the openings, yeah, there's going to be a lot of teams that need quarterbacks. It's almost, and you have to couple that also with what, how are NFL GMs looking at this draft class when it comes to quarterbacks? Like we had, you know, Will Levis uh, decided today that he's going to declare for the draft. I think we all knew that anyway, but He's going to declare for the draft. What do you do with a guy like Will Levis? What do you do with a guy like Hendon Hooker? What do you do with a guy, you know, like, I mean, all of these guys. Yeah, even even Bryce Young, who's awesome, but yep. is, you know, 180 pounds. Well, I think it's Will Levis seems developmental. Uh, he doesn't seem like he'd be starting day one. Or Anthony Richardson, another yeah, guy. Another developmental guy. So it feels like a Baker Mayfield. I mean, it's called a bridge quarterback for a reason. I feel like Baker Mayfield could be paired with a draft pick like Will Levis, who has a long way to go as a passer. I think he's pretty raw. I think Anthony Richardson's pretty raw. Hennon Hooker's not even going to play. I mean, he tore his ACL in November, so he's not going to have any training. He's going to talk about Baker Mayfield jumping in. I know there's no way Hennon Hooker will be there. So you're right. I think you have Bryce Young and TJ Stroud, and that's your possible starters out of the rookie class. Am I missing anyone? Because a lot of guys are going back, too. So we'll see. Like, uh, take a Bo Nix, for example, who I don't think would have been a first-round pick anyway. He might go back and say, you know what? I can make $5 million in NIL money. So the draft class is thinned out. Yeah, Baker's getting a job, Baggy. 
we got to wrap our head around that one. I mean, do you want to venture a guess as to where? I no. mean, I know we say that these, you know, job openings are going to be there. The only one that I see, and to be honest, I don't even know if this is really going to be open. I think the Colts is definitely going to be open, right? Even though Matt Ryan is under contract next year. I think the Texans are going to go quarterback in the draft. I mean, do you think the Titans are making a change? And if so, do you think, do you consider Baker Mayfield an upgrade over Ryan Tannehill? I don't think so. What? Not well, sure what the yeah. Falcons are going to do. The Panthers, that ship sailed. With Falcons Baker. are 100,000% going with a new quarterback. There's, okay, but do you think it's Baker Mayfield? I mean, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, they went with Marcus Mariota this year. I know, but do you, I, I would probably say maybe they'll go with Mariota again next year if they're not going to draft someone mm, higher than they drafted they, Desmond Ritter. It's looked pretty bad this year. I mean, Mariota has a similar trajectory to, to Baker, number two pick yep. for Mariota. But also, you said the New Orleans won't have a, any quarterback, so they're going to have to. New Orleans has to do something. Yeah. The Buccaneers will have to do something if yeah. Brady is gone. I mean, we Carolina starting from scratch. I know, but Indianapolis Carolina starting from scratch. Over. Yeah, you, oh, that's a good point. <laughs> you going to go to the Washington yeah. Commanders? I mean, could Baker beat out Taylor Heineke for a job right now? I don't think so. Uh, yeah, but are the Commanders going Taylor Heineke? I don't know. Yeah, there's a lot of I don't knows. I mean the I don't the know, Giants. But, but the it's Giants an, like I Baker. don't know, but is but is Baker Mayfield an upgrade over Daniel Jones? Like to be honest, I don't I don't know if he is. But there's a good chance a team will throw him into the mix. Kind of like they did this year. I just think you're right, he he might not get the job, but he could compete for a job next year. Feels like a lot riding on it. So then to get thrown into this Thursday night game, so you get a standalone game. You've been there for 48 yeah. hours and say, you know, you got the Raiders who are coming off of three straight wins. They could be feeling themselves a little bit. So now you're going to have Chandler Jones in your lap. What's so, that going to do for your audition for next season? Just get the playbook, circle six plays you like. Yeah, the Raiders don't those. know which plays you like. So <laughs> they, they're playing the whole playbook. They don't know that you only know six plays. They might know that, but they don't know what the six plays are. Hand off the ball, which the Rams are not great at doing. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm telling you, it's still better than Perkins. That that offense does nothing. Uh, I'd rather have Wolford, but I, I like it. I'm very curious. First of all, I'm speaking selfishly. Don't you want to see Baker Mayfield play tomorrow? Yeah, but I kind of was got over. I was kind of over Baker with the Carolina Panthers thing. It just didn't work out. It wasn't good. He didn't play well. I don't know. What more do I want to see? Am I, am I still interested in Baker Mayfield? Maybe. I was dead wrong about him, by the way. I'll admit that. I still thought that he had something left. I don't know if And who's he, he throwing it to? Tutu Atwell and Van Jefferson? I mean, Those are the two leading receivers for the Rams last week. Who he met today. And Brandon Powell <laughs> and Ben Skoronek. Well, yeah. Who I like. But of course, Skoronek. You can't, you can't have a game plan without that Austin guy. Austin Trammell. <laughs> and no, Kyron uh, Williams. What? And no uh, Aaron Donald on the other side either. Yeah. I mean... Somebody, Tutu Atwell should be good, right? Yeah. Have we all been waiting for him? Yep. So what's the difference? Throw Baker in there. What, what's the expectation? If he throws one touchdown, it's a gigantic night for Baker Mayfield. Well, I just think about what Baker, what happened in Cleveland, right? Yeah. Which is Baker Mayfield played through an injury. Hmm. And instead of being rewarded for it, they kicked him aside for Deshaun Watson. That's like, one version of the story. That's that That's one version of the story. The other version is... They couldn't wait to get rid of him? Yeah, they couldn't wait to get rid of him because he wasn't the leader that they thought he was. Okay, but the facts are he did play through a shoulder injury. And he could have shut it down much earlier in the season, and instead he played through an injury, and ultimately it didn't help him. So now it's like, do you want to really get thrown in there when you well, met this team a day and a half ago? Let's not, You're going to make yourself look bad. Let's not evaluate what the quarterback they did sign to Sean Watson, very complicated, but... 
obviously I think no one's ripping the Browns for moving on from Baker. I haven't heard one person say that. So they, they knew what they had and they decided, you know, they got desperate. They overpaid for the free agent quarterback. They went crazy with Deshaun Watson. So they're obviously, there's something off about Baker. No, I get it, but I'm not saying that this is not about the Browns to me. This is about an individual player who did make a sacrifice of team over himself didn't make the business decision, played through the injury, and ultimately it didn't work out for him. So now I, I don't know if I would make that same business decision. Can I say, could I, I don't even know if he has the op- the option to say, listen, I'm not ready. I don't want to play. I'm going to look terrible. I'm throwing to who knows who, and I barely have met you guys. I don't even know the coaches. Wait, 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 wait. So if you were Baker Mayfield, you would say no to this opportunity to start on Thursday night in primetime? I think I probably would. Yeah, I mean, he's being set up to fail. They have nobody on offense. Uh, he has no time to prep. He probably is just, you know, he's probably just not right there, short week, all these things, going against a, a decent defense. Like, there's no chance he succeeds. And, like, at this point, he's like you said, Meg, he's already put himself out there when he probably shouldn't have, and it cost him big time. It may have cost him his career. How does this help Wait, him at all? I'm trying to remember, like, it's very rare for quarterbacks to change teams midseason. When Jimmy Garoppolo got traded from New England to San Francisco, they end up going on the five-game winning streak. But he didn't play that first week he was there, right? I mean, Christian McCaffrey played his first week after he got traded, but he's not a quarterback. It's so much different. I thought Jimmy G didn't play that. I don't think he played that first week, but maybe I'm remembering it wrong. Now, listen, you guys are giving a no chance. Did anybody here give Jeff Saturday a chance in his first game? <laughs> and who don't did remind he, me. Who yeah. did he beat, Sue? <laughs> I Try just wonder what this means, out. like, moving forward for other quarterbacks. Like, if you're in a contract year and you're hurt, what's the benefit guys, of trying to play through it if you know that your your performance is going to be downgraded by you being hurt? Just sit out. And then, and then guys will pay you, teams will pay you based off of what you probably would have been. Baker screwed his career by trying to be the tough guy, trying to be the good teammate, and trying to play through an injury. That's one version of it. <laughs> again, uh, again like, I'm sorry, you were spending that whole year in the, Whether he was in the a Browns guy locker not. room in the facility and know exactly how that all no, went down? No, I'm not saying he would have been with the Browns, but some other team would have yes, jumped at the opportunity to give yes, him a, a shot. They did. The Panthers. Well, they didn't I don't really they jump jumped, at it. They, I mean. they traded for him like a week before training camp because they had no other options. But they did give him a, a Another team did give they him did a shot. They did give him a shot, shot, and it didn't work out. And but, didn't give him a contract. What I'm saying is that, like, had this happened and Baker had sat out, and all our memories would have been of Baker, like, taking the Browns from the ashes, bringing them to the playoffs, breaking that drought, and like, okay, he has his flaws, but it's still, he's a number one overall pick. He's talented. Fine, the Browns went with Deshaun Watson, but at least we know that Baker has talent. Some team, the Steelers maybe, would have gone with him over Trubisky. Who knows? He would have gotten a contract somewhere. He did. The Panthers. They picked up the rest of the Browns. They picked yeah. up the rest of his well, He got a starting job, and he played pretty poorly. And he played terribly. So. And by the way, I don't think he would have played well in Pittsburgh either, because Trubisky didn't look good, and Pickett's looked okay. That wouldn't have been a great spot either. I, I don't know. So for the record, Jimmy G, I'm sorry, just, he got traded in week uh, after week eight, didn't play week nine or ten, and only had two attempts in week 11. So his first real start wasn't until three weeks after the trade. And then he went on the 5-0 and streak. Correct. Right. Uh, I mean, it's for quarterbacks to switch teams, it's so much different. You know, at least that's what we're told, right? It's so much different, so much harder to pick something up midseason when you're in that position. Yeah. So I mean there's a lot of examples. I think though late in the season when somebody has no quarterbacks and they'll pick up like a Usually like a it's Josh Johnson. Usually it's been like on your practice squad or at some point had had yeah. your playbook at some point like Josh Johnson did. 
Yeah, I feel like Josh Johnson's been on a, I don't know, late late in the season a lot. Of, don't they sometimes sign a guy off the street to come play? Yeah, I mean, it usually is a disaster. Like what happened with the Giants last year when they had to bring in Eason off of the Bills practice squad. And I don't think that guy made it over the 30-yard line <laughs> at any point <laughs> during the game he started. I mean, it's a dire situation. Anyway, 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Want to know what you think about Baker Mayfield? Is this it? Staring down the last possible chance to start? Or like Perloff thinks, so many teams are going to, basically don't have their quarterback situation set in stone right now. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be like six bridge quarterbacks next year. I'm telling you, everyone always counts out Andy Dalton. I filed his whole career. He <laughs> no. will be starting next no, year. Andy will start. He will be starting <laughs> somewhere James by week be starting, nine. right? James will be starting. He's going to get another shot. Oh, man. Well, he was hurt early in the year. No, so I know, I, but he's, he's healthy now. Yeah, that's a complicated... I mean, that team lost everybody. They lost... There's been points of the season where half the team has been gone on offense. So, I don't know. It, what's the difference to it? We're weeks By week 18, we're not even going to know half the names of the starting <laughs> quarterbacks. That's the way it is every year. We forget well, no, 20 Mike quarterbacks White. will be out by week yeah. 18. Well, Mike no White. Mike White. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mike White will probably be benched by for Joe Flacco at that point. He'll be hurt <laughs> twice. Uh, how about... Um, it's the Jets. I mean, come on. Do you think Mike White's going to last? Robert 420 Sala. yards this weekend. Robert Salas keeps saying, no, no, no. It's... Zach Wilson, we're, we could see him again this season, and every Jets fan's like, please, God, no. 855-212-4CBS. <laughs> All right, coming up, our next guest has been the one handing out the nine-figure salaries. He's the one who's been handing out the huge contracts in baseball. Former Marlins president David Sampson break down the Aaron Judge signing. We'll get to that in just a moment. Don't move. More Maggie and Perloff right after this. Welcome back to Maggie and Perloff. A lot has happened today, but I would still say the biggest news of today is the reverberations of the Aaron Judge signing. It's a massive deal, of course. It's nine years, $360 million, and we wanted to get the perspective of somebody who's actually handed out these kind of contracts, have actually given these to players and that is David Sampson, former president of the Marlins. He's now with CBS Sports HQ, MLB analyst. David, thanks so much for the time today. We appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. How are you? Doing fantastic. So got a lot of questions for you about this because you've been in these high-stakes negotiations before. What was at stake for the Yankees in this negotiation with Judge? Oh, they were just saving face. Uh, Hal Steinbrenner basically gave away all his leverage when he said publicly that he wanted Judge to be a Yankee for life. And Judge got together with his agent and put on a negotiating clinic when it got leaked out that he was going to go to the Giants. That was all a fagazi. It was all done to float a trial balloon out there so Hal could see what life would be like without Aaron. And he was none too happy with what he read and all of a sudden, 12 hours later, he got nine years and $360 million. Good for him. And the Yankees retained their face of the franchise. They certainly didn't get better, but they would have been much worse without him. David, help me out here. So isn't $360 million, isn't that a fair market value for Aaron Judge? Or am I also being played by the Aaron Judge <laughs> team where they were able to get that value up a little bit through certain tactics? Well, listen, you're never going to know what the exact offer was from San Francisco. And then you saw that maybe San Diego was involved as well. And one of the big frustrations in this post-collusion world is that you really are at the whim of the agent who says, hey, we're about to take our players somewhere else. 
and you're going to be worse off. And the worst is when the agent says, we're going to take our player to a team in your division. And that wasn't the case with Judge, but it was still enough to get Hal to give in. And here's where they gave in. It was on length. So these contracts, like Albert Pujols in 2012, or when the Yankees, uh, the Mariners signed Cano, excuse me, or when the Tigers extended Cabrera, you know the back end of those deals is just going to be a complete waste. And that's going to happen with Aaron. He's never going to have a better year than he had this year. So you're truly paying for past performance. David Sampson is our guest. He's a former president of the Marlins. He's a CBS Sports HQ MLB analyst. So, Dave, when we try to figure out whether this is a good deal or not, right, I mean, I'm sure it's different for the people in the organization and then for the fans. The fans obviously want to win a World Series. For the organization, how do they determine whether or not they this was a good deal? Well, you do it really looking back. It's very hard to say today whether or not this Aaron Judge deal is a good deal. You have to look at what Hal is willing to do with his payroll. Because the general rule is that you cannot have one player make 20% of your payroll. So if Aaron Judge is at $40 million cash per year, that means that you better have a payroll well over 200, heading towards 300, knowing you're going to have to add pitching both in the bullpen and the starting rotation. But they've got three $300 million contracts now. But from a fan's perspective, you got to love an owner like Steve Cohen or Hal Steinbrenner or John Middleton with the Phillies who's willing to spend money for Peter Seidler in San Diego. You really just want your team to have a chance. But as we've seen with, with every team who spends money, only one of them is celebrating at the end of the year. David, is there one team who you would say is going to outspend everybody? It used to obviously be the Yankees, but now you mentioned the Padres, uh, obviously the Dodgers. Is there a clear-cut number one spender in baseball today? If you're asking from a who's the richest owner, uh, the answer is likely Steve Cohn. But remember, back in the day, there was a guy named Carl Polad who owned the Minnesota Twins. And for many years, he was the richest owner, and their team was on the verge of contraction for all those years <laughs> because they always had low payrolls. So there's not always a correlation. But Steve Cohn has shown that he's going to go to whatever length is necessary to win. And if you're a fan, you have to love that. But eventually, owners get tired of losing money year over year, and they only have 26 spots on their team. So how much higher can payrolls go? So this is a really interesting time in baseball, and it's something the commissioner really talks to teams about, which is why are you continuing to increase the number of years that you <laughs> give players when you know that the back end of those deals is such a problem? But owners don't think that way. They love winning the offseason. They love the press conferences. They love the good attention, the press, the fans, all saying how great they are, and they're scared of the opposite, and that's what drives salary. David Sampson, our guest, he's a former president of the Marlins. Now, David, you are in a similar situation with Giancarlo Stanton, who was also coming mm -hmm. off, won an MVP. You guys gave him a massive contract, and I'm curious, before you did the contract, did you try to see how someone of his height and weight was going to age like Giancarlo Stanton is listed at 6'6", 245. Aaron Judge is listed at 6'7", 282. There just aren't a lot of players where you can say we're that big and that heavy that, you know, we know how their careers went. How did you guys approach it with the Marlins? Well, with Giancarlo Stanton, we signed him before he won the MVP. We actually signed him right after he had gotten hit in the face and didn't know whether he could ever play again. And we did it again out of desperation because 
We didn't want to be known as a team that was letting everybody go, having traded Miguel Cabrera six years earlier. So the way we got the Stanton deal done was pretty simple. We said, hey, what do we need to offer you so you can't say no? And he gave us an outrageous number, and we said, pass the pickles. We're in. <laughs> it was really, you know, I get a lot of credit for that deal, but I got to tell you, it may have been the worst negotiating job in history because whatever he said, we were willing to do because we wanted him that badly. And the way we pictured it is that we viewed him as being productive late into his 30s. And the reason we did is we did what everybody does. It's not going to happen to me. It's not going <laughs> to happen to us. What happens to every other player who starts stinking at 37 and 38, that won't be our Giancarlo. And that's what the Yankees are saying about Judge. That's what the Rangers are saying about DeGrom. Hey, he'll stay healthy for us. He couldn't stay healthy for the Mets, but for us he will. You have this level of delusion when you run a team that is practically inexplicable. David, it's funny. We talk a lot of football. We always talk about how Tom Brady screwed up everything for our expectations I mean, is it possible? Obviously, Barry Bonds a very different situation. Is it possible that there are baseball players who could peak in their late eighties and still have power? Late thirties, not late. Late 30, 80s. sorry, late thirties. <laughs> yeah, late eighties. No, Brady considered. gets to peak in his late eighties. Yeah, Brady yeah. will still be around. Yeah. But is there a Tom Brady effect in baseball, or is that just an isolated situation? Yeah, without steroids, the answer is no. Right, pitchers who pitch well in their forties. You've got Roger Clemens batters who are doing it. You've got Barry Bonds, and obviously they've got some sort of commonality of, uh, of, of potential steroid use. It is very, very rare. What you're seeing Justin Verlander do last year is such a unicorn. When you're coming off Tommy John, you're 39, you're winning the Cy Young. And what the Mets did by only giving him two years is you're basically mitigating your risk because if Justin Verlander starts being what a pitcher should be at 39 and 40 years old, they can say, hey, it's two years, we made a mistake, we gave it a shot, and that's that. But when you go out five years or eight years or nine years, you're really increasing your risk. But if you're asking me, is it possible Aaron Judge is going to have another year like he had this year, I ask you this question. Nobody's had a year like that ever, but now we're saying Aaron Judge is going to do it two years in a row. Um, if you talk football, if I could just go off the subject, when Patrick Mahomes was signed, remember that huge deal? And it was all about him winning MVPs in the Super Bowl and regular season, and that's how he'd make the most money, that big $350 million number. Well, look what's happened since then. He's still one of the best, but he's not going to make that full 350, and the Chiefs have not been able to attain at the team level what they expected to do every year. It's just so hard to win it all. And that's the same in baseball. David, just a couple more for you here, uh, because obviously your expertise uh, during this time of the year for baseball is invaluable. Um, So it turns out, according to some reporting here in New York, that Hal Steinbrenner was in Italy and got on the phone with Aaron Judge after the John Heyman uh, jumped the gun or maybe got leaked some bad information, whatever. And Hal was in Italy. During this important time of the year, David, why would an owner be in Italy? Does that is that weird, or am I reading this totally wrong? I think you're reading it wrong. You can be on Mars as long as you have Wi-Fi and cellular <laughs> phone service. 
right? You can be anywhere when you just give in, can't you? <laughs> I don't know. I remember once a story about like Jeff Wilpon was like on a safari in Africa during the trade deadline. And as a Mets fan, I didn't love it because he also had to sign off on everything. But I guess maybe so that's I'm just not, I'm me the being naive. To ask, right? Because I was in the game for 18 years and I was terrible at work family balance. Hmm. So I would never be away during the winter meetings. I'd go to them every year. I would be around at the deadline. I'd be sitting in the room. And uh, with technology the way it is, you can really be anywhere, and that's okay. But what happened with Hal Steinbrenner, and it was a very purposeful thing that happened yesterday as we started this talk with, and I, I really talked about this on Nothing Personal, my show on CBS today, which is he got so scared that the Giants were going to sign him that he picked up the phone, called Brian Cashman, and said, get it done now. And when you tell your GM to just get it done – you have thrown away all inkling of a good, reasonable deal, and you go to a place that you promise yourself you're not going to go to. I've been there. I've been in that chair. I've watched myself do it. But you rationalize it by saying, we can't lose this player. He means everything to us. He's going to help with revenue off the field, and he's going to help with winning on the field. But when you retain your own free agent, my point on the show was you didn't make your team better Again, you just didn't make it worse. Yeah. I also just think it's so funny with baseball. It's all about analytics and, you know, you can get everything to the hundredth decimal and yet it's just like the owner finally being like, give him whatever he wants. <laughs> what does he want? Four, $360 million, just throw it at him. Um, last one for you, David, and this one is off the Yankees for a second, but my co-host here, Andrew Perloff, is a tried and true Philadelphia mm. Phillies fan and he is not happy with the Trey Turner signing. What would you say to him? I would say that when you have an owner who goes public saying he loves spending stupid money, <laughs> you've got yourself a great owner if you're a fan, right? And then when he hired Dave Dombrowski, you knew what you were getting. Yep. Mm. Dave Dombrowski loves spending other people's money. He loves giving huge contracts away, but he wins World Series and then gets fired and disappears until the next team that he wins the World Series with. That's how you make it to the Hall of Fame. <laughs> and the Phillies have done a great job. Make no mistake, if I had a choice of all the available shortstops over the last two years, Trey Turner is my number one choice. He is so good in the clubhouse, and he's even better on the field. And what he does to that Phillies lineup, it's just spectacular. I can't wait to watch that team. But again, out of them, the Mets and the Braves, who are, are both really good teams, you better, you have to, one of them win the division, the other two get the wild card maybe. So it's so competitive just in the National League that it's fascinating what these owners are doing. Mm. But you should not be unhappy at all. You are going to love watching them every day. All right, I'm in. No, thank Pearl you, Off, David. Pearl doesn't like his OPS. <laughs> it's like oh, I, well, he doesn't listen. doesn't take enough walks, and so Perloff wants to tear down the entire Phillies organization and start the process. I guess I would say this: that that for all the people um, who say that about Trey Turner. You have to watch him every day. I mm. understand where you're tempted to look at a certain stat, but you really have to look at the complete player, and that's why the best teams don't just use analytics. They use other mm. things as well, with analytics being a part of it. But you put Trey Turner at the top of the lineup the way he was in with the Dodgers, with him and Freeman and Betts, it just changes the entire approach for the opposing team's pitching staff. It makes it so hard, and that helps you win – more than 87 games, which is what the Phillies are going to need to do in order to get back to October and get through October. 
David, can't tell you how much we appreciate this. Uh, was looking forward to talking with you today because we don't know what it's like to hand out these big contracts. You mm-hmm. do, and uh, and this was great. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Appreciate that. Former Marlins president, CBS Sports HQ MLB analyst. You feel better? I don't know. He led with he's a great locker room guy. That immediately made my heart sink. <laughs> it's like she's got a good personality. <laughs> yeah. I was like, wait a second. But then, That's a great thing to say. He's a great locker room guy? Oh, my God. That is he kiss of death <laughs> after a $300 million contract. But then in the other Would things he said was good. Would you rather say he's a total jerk? You're going to yes. love him? Yeah, listen, my favorite t- Phillies team of all time is the 93 Phillies. Yeah. Lenny Dykstra was up there, and he is... <laughs> not likable. <laughs> not likable. Nope. But, man, he would take 14, 14 balls on the first at bat and have the other pitcher crying, and then the game would be won because he was such a jerk. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. I Trey Turner being likable and best friends with Bryce Harper. I just I feel like the Mets are spending. They got Verlander. The Phillies are spending. We got Trey Turner. And the Braves are going to win the division by 11 games well. because that is the way the universe works. <laughs> Am I wrong about that, Maggie? No, the Mets Mets will win the division and lose in a while and lose in the first round. I mean, the fact that the Braves did not go farther this year is amazing. To me, they're like Terminator 2. They always break apart and reform with guys I've never heard of. (laughs) Anyway. And somehow they get everyone under market value. Is that Terminator 2? Liquid Terminator. Oh, Liquid Terminator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Obviously, it's Terminator 2. Yeah. Well, Terminator 1 did a similar thing, but it's a little more clunky. This is The Braves are a Terminator 2 that, franchise. That sounded more like Voltron, breaking apart and like coming back together into one piece. Has anyone, Transformers? Seen, yeah. has anyone Transformers? seen Terminator 2 in a minute? Because that was so cutting edge when it came out. Yeah, no, it's, it's like, still, whoa, it's still like awesome. Melts into titanium yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. comes back up. Terminator 2 is one of the great sequels in the history of the world. It's you, amazing. You want to hear something crazy? I've seen Terminator 2 probably a dozen times. I've never seen Terminator 1. Really? Terminator yeah. 1's pretty good. It's, a, I mean, it's I, clunky. I was, I was it's younger, an 80s movie. It was it 80s, whatever it was. It's definitely different than Terminator 2. It's more like um, a little lo-fi. Yeah, yeah. I would say <laughs> it's like, you know how Superman 1 is okay, but Superman 2 in the 80s with, with Zod was amazing? Probably. No. Nah, yeah, you haven't no, seen it. Sorry. Anyway, Superman <laughs> 2 is awesome. Kind of like, this is, I'm taking this off Seinfeld again. Wrath of Khan is the best Star Trek movie, obviously. That was 2. Very similar with Terminator 2. Ak, you know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> no. Eck is a sci-fi. I did not. uh, A, I don't like sequels. B, I haven't seen. You can't just say that. (laughs) I just not like sequels. I don't like sequels. Godfather two, no. That's the only one. What about Terminator two? I didn't see either. How about Jaws two? Uh, Did not like that. Yeah. Probably I saw that on a great. class trip. <laughs> that was good. Maggie pulled out Godfather 2. That's the, that's the only answer. Because and it's excellent. Jared Miller, Miller, oh, two. But you know, three. Do you know the, the person who has the hottest movie take of all time? Maggie Gray thinks Caddyshack 2 was a comic masterpiece. Yeah, oh. I do. I like Jackie Caddyshack Mason. Oof. So good. He's so good at that. Dan Aykroyd is in <laughs> it. it. Jonathan it Silverman just, is in it. I could keep going. It just hit at the right part of your youth. And it, <laughs> it hit did. your funny bone at Randy the right. Randy Quaid is in it. Ca- oh. Caddyshack 1 was on over the weekend, and I was just watching it. And just, it's comedic genius. Well, yeah. of course, Caddyshack 1 is the, is the original. I'm not saying it's better, but give Caddyshack 2 another shot. So you're it's saying very you, funny. you went from Rodney Dangerfield to Jackie Mason. You went from Bill Murray to Randy Quaid. <laughs> Dude, Randy Quaid is no, it's so, Bill Murray to Dan Aykroyd. Yeah, Dan Aykroyd is the Bill Murray character oh, here, but gosh. Randy Quaid is the lawyer. Oh my gosh, it's so good. Randy Quaid is actually very funny in that. I do remember him being like the really goofy Jackie Mason's lawyer, who's just like an idiot, but he's brilliant <laughs> and like violent. <laughs> it's, it's I'm hilarious. sorry. 
This is this Diane movie, Cannon in it. I'm gonna be totally honest. This movie take is worse than my Derek Henry vegan question. <laughs> this is just this is considered one of the all time bad movies. It's a Rotten Tomatoes special. Well, they're wrong. <laughs> Dead wrong. <laughs> and Derek Henry's wrong too. He's dude's they, a vegan. He doesn't even know it. <laughs> they mailed it in like people who put Stetson Bennett as a Heisman finalist. They weren't even looking. They were just mailing it in. No one even gave Caddyshack. I've to heard a that shot. name before. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. The guy who hosted uh, Unsolved Mysteries was in it. Robert Sack. Thank you. He's in it. It's a great movie. Uh, okay, coming up, we got your Cowboys quickie. 4% tomato meter out of 100. They don't know, Jack. <laughs> that's, the, that's the viewers. 18%, oh, sorry, 18% from the audience, 4% from the critics. Yeah, the, nobody knows what they're talking about. Listen to me. Uh, actually, listen to Ackerman. Uh, we have a CBS Sports update. We got your Cowboys quickie on the other side. It's time to answer our Ask the Pros question of the day brought to you by O'Reilly Auto Parts. Today's question comes from Damien in Atlanta. Did you see Shaq get pushed into a Christmas tree last night? Don't forget, you can submit a question by going to cbssportsradio.com slash askthepros or tweeting it at cbssportsradio using the hashtag askthepros. Appreciate Damien. We did say holiday-themed questions from <laughs> here on out. He obliged. Um, last night on Inside the NBA, as Kenny is rushing to get to the big board, as he often does their little bit, Shaq goes with him, and this is what it sounded like. Don't cheat, Chuck. Don't cheat. Don't cheat. Get your oh, oh, oh. Get your oh, that was bad right there. That was bad. That was bad. I'm telling you. All right, kid. Yeah, I'm all right. All right. This means war, Kenny. This means war, Kenny. Shaq and Claus are the obstacle. No. (laughs) I mean, Kenny pushes Shaq into like a 15 foot Christmas tree, and Shaq gets lost in the tree. He's just all of a sudden Shaquille O'Neal, one of the biggest people on the planet, just disappears like poof into the Christmas tree with you can just see his shoes. My first thought was like the Wicked Witch of the East. Yeah, right. Just hanging out. I thought, I wondered if he was hurt. Didn't you think that? But I guess there was no sign of any injury. He was going to (laughs) scratch. I guess if you get pushed into a Christmas tree, you have a soft landing. I have no idea. It's obviously a fake tree. I will say I'm disappointed that the that the player who's a, a foot shorter and probably 150 pounds lighter just crushed him. Well, he wasn't expecting it. Doesn't so. matter. He is a big. I mean, like, <laughs> he, he's the I, I can walk up to anybody. I can yeah. walk up to Brandon Tierney or or even Perloff and knock into him as hard as I can without him expecting it. They're not going anywhere because I'm tiny. <laughs> I was gonna say Kenny Smith <laughs> is like a, two feet taller than you. Yeah, and Shaq is nine feet taller than me. <laughs> um, I I guess I was just a little bit surprised that the tree didn't knock over. How did that tree stay? Up? I have no idea. Anyway. Because it was all staged, and they had that tree, you know, locked into the wall. And, I don't think and, so. Yeah, that was staged. I don't think so. I don't think so. Like a Steph Curry full court shot staged. Maybe not that stage, but like it was planned. They knew what was going to happen. Shaq, Shaq cannot get knocked over that easily by Kenny Smith. Samta, you're no fun. But uh, also, too, I don't know if the Shaq can do a pratfall that good. Even the best stuntman, that was perfect. <laughs> and it had to be. And then his feet were just like dangling out. I'm done. Yeah, you you just, it was trick it, photography? It was I, like a tornado just dropped a house on his, yeah. on his head. Are you, are you saying it's like the Wizard of Oz? Yeah. His toes curled up and someone took his shoes and... He said that it's gonna. It means war, Kenny, and I feel like Shaq's really gonna get him back. I have no idea what oh, he's gonna yeah. do, but something's gonna happen. <laughs> I can't wait. It's gonna be fun. Uh, let's get to our cowboy quickie for today. Okay. 
Okay, we actually have two quick things for the Cowboy Quickie. Number one, Tyron Smith returned to practice today, Perloff. So Cowboys now for the stretch run of the season and the playoffs will have their all-pro left tackle. That's good for the Cowboys. Now listen, this what are we, week 13? This is this week 14. This is a time of year when the Cowboys really start imagining big things. Yeah. (laughs) And four weeks later, that will all fall apart. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's sort of hopeful thing is a uh, Eagles fan. But I am hearing so much hype about the Cowboys now, especially with this move. But it's so hard to believe that Mike McCarthy is actually going to keep this team playing at the level it should during the playoffs. I'll tell you what. That's my only fear there. It's a huge boost to be getting in the middle of December. All yeah. of a sudden, you get an all-pro left tackle. I mean, that's awesome. You get to the guy who's been playing left tackle, Tyler Smith, now goes to guard. I mean, yeah. this is a good situation here. It's a good situation, but again, the Cowboys were 12-5 and five last year, the number two seed, I think, and it just didn't work out. So it's, even if they, by the way, do you think they should have signed OBJ? Obviously, it's so clear that that wouldn't have done anything for them. Well, okay, so that's the second part yeah. of the Cowboy quickie. It's a two-parter today, which is Micah Parsons, yeah. who was... Uh, doing some media availability, said that Odell Beckham told him he wouldn't be ready for another five weeks. So it's kind of the same thing, though, that we've been hearing, which is it'd be like the playoffs, but five weeks kind of puts you at like the NFC Championship game, which is a little presumptuous considering the Cowboys haven't been there since the 90s. Uh, Yeah, and also, too, you know, Baker Mayfield starting Thursday night for the Rams is one thing. Odell Beckham Jr. joining the very successful Cowboys in the middle of a playoff run and learning yeah. The entire system. He's never played for the Cowboys. How's he going to know the plays? <laughs> no idea. I mean, when we look back on the season, what's going to be the crazier thing? That Jeff Saturday took over a team on Monday and then coached the game on. That wasn't a Thursday night. Nope. Sunday. That was a Sunday. Yeah. And that, one. That, and one. They did. That Baker Mayfield may start a game having been on a team for 48 hours or that Odell Beckham could join a team for like two games and yeah. actually make a difference. I mean, they're all three are crazy. Yeah, imagine if, if Baker. Now I want to see Baker do well and and succeed and beat the Raiders. Sorry, uh. Stu, because that would be a crazy short. <laughs> Stu's sitting right there. All right, that's your Cowboys quickie. <laughs> it's like maybe something about when we had the pandemic and all of a sudden teams were playing on Tuesdays and Wednesdays and everyone just had to be yeah. so flexible. Now it's like, well, just get in there and just do it. Like we we don't think of. Yeah, oh, I mean, we need time to prep. It's a silly time in the season for quarterbacks. Bryce Perkins really was not ready to play in the NFL anyway. That is, the Rams look like an XFL team. They really, I mean, Mike read out the receivers' names. I never even heard of two of them. I think he made them up. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's possible. Uh, so we're going to stay tuned for that tomorrow. So we'll see whether yeah. or not, uh, looks like he's going to be active. We'll see whether Baker Mayfield actually plays at all. But that Thursday night game just got a whole lot more interesting. I thought it would just be because of Stu's Raiders could get themselves back in the playoff picture. But. Yeah, I mean, the Raiders look good. By the way, I'm looking at pictures. I, I'm I'm doing a deep dive on Caddyshack, too. There's a picture of Robert Stack from America's Most Wanted and Dan Un- Aykroyd. Unsolved Mysteries. Unsolved Mysteries. It is, this looks like the silliest movie that has ever been made. Yeah, it's like, great. <laughs> the, the seriousest level out of 100 is zero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, less. It's in the negative. Uh, thank you, got, Mike. I got to watch it. Please do. Mike Samter, Stu Kovacs. Thank you, Marlo Donahue, Allison Cohen, everyone on the radio and TV side. Hey, let's do this again tomorrow, shall we? We'll see you. Have a good day. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 